just want to say, Christina has been a, um, an inspiration. And you look at her and you think short stature, small in stature and all that, but mighty in spirit. And uh, since you said 2001, you've been involved with uh, WGM Ministries and all. And God has led her through a lot of different, uh, different fields. And uh, she's uh, been faithful in, in following God as far as what he has for her and uh, some difficult decisions at times. But uh, you'll probably hear a lot about her story. Um, I don't want to get into all that, but I just want to say I'm glad I, got, I, I know her. And I've been praying for her ever since she's gotten into WGM. And God's been using her in amazing ways. And uh, I, just, uh, I just anticipate how God's going to speak to us as, uh, as Christina comes and shares. So, Christina, why don't you come on up and uh, share what God has laid upon your heart. And uh, we trust that, again... God will touch our hearts for you as well. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you guys can hear me okay. Is that going okay? Yeah. I think I'm getting an echo. Okay. Um, I just want to share with you this morning what God's laid on my heart. And the scripture verse that I would like you to turn to in your Bibles is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. <clears throat> That's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me read that again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, as I was praying about what scripture to share with people as I spoke, um, as I go around to churches and share the story that God has called me, my life story that God's called me to, and the mission work God's called me to, I asked for a scripture verse that I could share with people. And he kind of gave me that scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And I looked at that, and the word that kept coming to my mind was transformation. Um, the thing that really spoke to me was God loves transformation. He doesn't want his people just to sit there and stay where they're at. He wants them to be transformed by him. He wants them to allow him to transform their lives. And I know that God loves transformation, and he wants you to be transformed by him. And I want to share a story with you about um, some children that were transformed by God. It was one Wednesday night, and I um, was sitting in the Bible story time with three to five-year-olds, okay? So there are three-year-olds to five-year-olds, and my job usually was to take those children from their Bible story time to their craft time to their game time and around and see that they, they got to where they needed to go and they had the organization that they needed and stuff. And so I was sitting there in their story time listening to the teacher, and the teacher's name's Anna, and she was sharing the gospel with the children. And she was sharing the part where it talked about Jesus being our lamb our sacrificial lamb, and she was talking to the children about how Jesus died on the cross and that they didn't have to sacrifice little lambs anymore, that 
that Jesus was their alternate sacrifice, their, their sacrificial lamb. And she was explaining this to the children, and then she did something I didn't expect. She went to these children and she said, have you ever asked Jesus in your heart? But she went to each individual child and asked them this. And if they responded yes, then she would ask them these two questions. She would ask them, who were you with when you asked Jesus in your heart? And where were you at when you asked Jesus in your heart? If they couldn't respond to either one of those questions because they're three to five-year-olds, she figured they probably really hadn't accepted Jesus in their heart. And so she was asking each child, and I'm going to name one of the children Little John, um, because he was little, and I'm giving him that name because he has another name on the field, but just to honor and respect him, I'll just name him John today. So little John was sitting there, and she asked little John, have you ever asked Jesus in your heart? And he hesitated, and then he said no. And she said, well, would you like to ask Jesus in your heart today? And he said yes. And she did something I didn't expect. She turned to me and said, Christina, would you take little John to the back of the room and pray with him as he accepts Jesus in his heart? And I said, sure. And so I took little John to the back of the room, and I began to explain what it meant to um, sin and what that meant, what sin was, and how you need to ask Jesus to forgive you for your sins and to ask him to come into your heart. And so I, I asked him, do you, are you sure you want to do this? And he said yes. And so I prayed with him the prayer of salvation as he accepted Jesus in his heart. You see, God started transforming little John's life that day. It was a particular Wednesday. It was this particular Wednesday night. It was one of my weakest nights. I was, had been um, directing or teaching or directing the school all day long, and I was tired and exhausted, and I was ready to go home and rest, and I thought, there's no energy left in me. There's no way I can possibly go to Wednesday night program and help with the little kids. And I said, I'm just too exhausted. I'm going to call the pastor's wife and say, no, I'm sorry, I can't go. I just don't have anything else to give. I don't know if you've ever been there before where you're just like, I don't have any energy to do what I'm supposed to do today. But it was this particular Wednesday night, God said, no, I want you there tonight. And so as I was getting ready to call the pastor's wife, I got checked by God and said, no, I want you there tonight. So I got over there thinking, okay, I'm going to do this because God's called me to do this. And so I got over there, and there was a whole work team. I had totally forgotten about the work team because I was so involved in the school activities for the day that I forgot that there was a work team there that could help on that particular Wednesday night. So I got over there, and I'm thinking, why do they need? Why does God need me there tonight? Because there's a whole work team. There's plenty of help. Somebody could step in and take my spot and help the kids, take the kids to their activities. And then I noticed that after a little while, a teenager showed up and usually he volunteered to help take the kids around. And I was thinking, okay, well maybe there's just extra kids tonight and they're gonna need extra help. And so I thought, well, this teenage boy might need my help taking these kids around and controlling them because there's extra kids tonight. And so I stood there and or I observed, and then another teenage girl in the middle of story time 
came and she was there ready to help as well. And I said, I wonder why in the world God wanted me here tonight. And it wasn't until in the middle of the story when she had asked the kids if they wanted to ask Jesus in their heart, and then I took little John to the back of the room, that I realized why God wanted me there that night. He wanted me to stay in that room and pray with any children that wanted to accept Jesus in their heart that night. I stayed, I asked the pastor's wife if I could stay in that room, and she said, sure. And I stayed there, and I was able to pray with eight children as they accepted the Lord that night. Not only little John accepted the Lord, but his older sister accepted the Lord. God started transforming lives that night. There was also three neighborhood kids that had been coming faithfully to the children's activities for probably two years. I'm not sure two to three years they had been attending this, the children's activities and had never given their hearts to the Lord. But that night, all three of them accepted the Lord. God started transforming not only one life, but several children that night. And I'm praising God for the opportunity he gave me because I obeyed him and allowed God to use me that night. I listened to his, him calling me to stay there that night, to go that night. Are you willing to go where God's called you? I don't know if there's somewhere God's calling you to, someone he's calling you to talk to, someone he's calling you to work with. I don't know what it may be. But if God's calling you, I ask that you would allow him to transform your life and to use you in a, in a new way because God um, loves transformation and he wants a people that are willing and ready to do his will. Um, another story in my life, you might think, well, I've, we've known you all these years and you've been serving the Lord all these years. But you know what? God still wanted to transform me. He still had work for me, work to do on my heart and my life. And it wasn't until the summer of 2016 that I realized that there was a lot of issues I was still dealing with in my life. Yes, I had been um, saved and sanctified and everything, but there were still problems in my life, things that I wasn't allowing God to have full control of. And it was in September, I mean, summer of 2016, that I was sitting in the school office. And it was one of those days where, or one of those times where I thought other missionaries were going to help out in the office and volunteer. And I would have opportunities to go get ready for my homeland ministry assignment that was going to happen the next year. I like planning in advance. I don't know how many of you like planning in advance. But I like getting some of my things accomplished ahead of time so that I don't feel overwhelmed right at the last minute. And so my thought was, well, if I start this summer planning for my homeland ministry assignment that's going to happen the next summer, then I'll be prepared, right? And so I thought, well, I'll have time during the summer to call pastors and call camps and stuff. And what ended up happening, all my spare time was taken up in the school office, and I didn't have the opportunity to call pastors and camps that I thought I was gonna be able to call. And I was kind of getting upset about that. I thought there was other missionaries gonna help out, but they weren't helping out. And I didn't understand why they couldn't come over and sacrifice a few hours to help out in the school office. And so I was sitting there kind of really upset, actually. I also volunteered to do um, food ministry 
food manager's course. I don't know how many of you have ever done the food handler's course, but it's about a four hour course down in McAllen, Texas that we have to take. And then you take a test on that. So I thought food manager's course, well, that's only gonna be like eight hours study. And then you take a test on it, right? That's what I thought. But it ended up being hours and hours of study, more like a college course that I was taking in the middle of summer. And so all my extra time was studying on the food manager's course and working in the school office. I didn't have time for any of the calling the pastors or anything that I wanted to do. And so I was getting really upset and I thought, you know who I'll call? I'll call mom because mom will understand, right? I don't know how many of you moms get phone calls from your kids, but I was, I was getting ready to call mom and I got on the phone and I called mom's cell phone and mom didn't answer the phone. Instead, dad answered the phone. Many of you don't know, but my dad's a Nazarene pastor. So instead of sympathy and empathy from dad on the phone, or sympathy and empathy from mom on the phone, I ended up with a sermon from dad. <laughs> God used my dad to answer that phone that day. I believe it was God's plan all along that dad answered that phone. Because you know what he said? Why are you there? And I said, because God called me there. He said, well, then, if God called you there, don't you think you should be doing God's best? And I got thinking, I'm complaining and grumbling about what God's called me to do. What am I doing? This is not God's plan for me. This is not what God planned for me to have a bad attitude about the work he's called me to do. And from that day on, I, I bowed my head after I got off the phone. I bowed my head and I said, God, I am so sorry. I have not been the person that you've called me to be. I have been grumbling and complaining and having a bad attitude and not doing my work like I should, and I'm sorry. And I asked for forgiveness. And you know what? God forgave me. And he changed my heart from that day forward. I was not upset to be in the office. I was happy. I was glad. My whole atmosphere changed. My whole life changed that day because I allowed God to use me and to speak through me, and I listened to God, and I did what God asked me to do. And so when, on that Wednesday night, when God called me to go the extra mile and stay the extra mile and work, I was willing to do it because I allowed God to work in my heart that summer, more, summer afternoon or whatever it was, summer morning. I was allowing God to work in my heart, and then he was able to work on me that Wednesday night and use me to tra help transform his children for the Lord. You see, it's not always easy to do what God calls you to do. It's not always easy. You might be thinking, well, I can never do that. You know what? If God's calling you to do it, he will enable you and help you to do it. He will help you to do what he's called you to do. No matter how difficult it may seem, no matter how above your skill level it may seem, he will enable you to do what he's called you to do. You see, the transformation started that day, but in August, when school was about to start, I got a phone call from the secretary saying, well, actually the director, the, the school director got a phone call from the secretary, I'm sorry. The school director got a phone call from the secretary saying, I'm not gonna be able to make it back until a week after school starts. 
So the field director was sitting, or the school director was sitting there saying, I don't have a secretary for the first week of school, which is one of the most important times to have a school secretary. And so since I had already been filling out, filling in in the office that day, I said, I'll, I'll give up my classroom for this week. This three-year-old teacher, the teacher for the three-year-olds, have no three-year-olds to teach, so she could take my classroom for the week. I'd already got my whole classroom ready to go. I said, I'll train her and she can take over my classroom and I'll continue helping out in, this, in the school office for this week. What I thought was going to be a week ended up being a year. I ended up staying in that school office the entire year, helping out the secretary and assisting the interim, interim school director that whole year and learning how to do the bookkeeping for the school and everything. And also, since I got my food manager's license, then I was able to kind of manage the kitchen along with the cook and speak to her and explain everything to her and what needed to be done to run the kitchen. And she was kind of a new cook, so she didn't know all the ins and outs. She was kind of nervous about doing it. And then I was able to assist her wherever needed and um, have the food manager's license to do that with. And so it was, so that happened. I, I continued in the office. By October, God spoke to me again and said, I want you to offer your homeland ministry assignment, your time to go out and fundraise your, this next summer to go out and fundraise. I want you to offer that time to another missionary family that needs to fundraise. I don't know how many of you, but some of you I'm sure know the Kunkel family, but Priscilla Kunkel is the treasurer of our field. And she um, does very good in her treasury work but if the Kunkels had to leave and I left, the field would be left with no treasure. And I get thinking that the Kunkels aren't going to have enough funds to continue their ministry for a whole nother year. And if I'm gone on homeland ministry assignment and they're gone on homeland ministry assignment, that leaves the field with no treasure, which would be really not a good thing. <laughs> and so I said, I'll offer my year of homeland ministry assignment since my funds are still coming in really well and everything God had been providing and there there had been plenty of funds and so I was able to stay an extra year on the field and do the field treasury job and um, help out in the school and everything and allow the Kunkels to travel and raise funds to um, be able to go stay on the field for another four years so that's what God allowed me to do by July of that next year. Well, March, I found out the, the interim director was leaving. We weren't sure whether she was leaving or not. And I found out that the, the Laura Vaca, who used to direct the school, was coming back, but she wasn't ready to jump in and be director of the school yet. She wanted a year break. And so um, I, we were looking for an interim director for the school. and. I just felt in my heart that God was calling me to do that position. But I just waited until July, and then they asked me to step in and fill in that position. I really didn't feel comfortable in that position. I didn't feel like I was meant to do that. I'd only taught three years in the school and worked in the office one year, and that was all the experience other than subbing or whatever in another Christian school one time, that I really had much 
much um, experience in school, and so I was thinking, there's no way I'm qualified to be director of a school. But you know what? Where God calls, he enables. And I have gotten compliment after compliment of how God used me that year. And it's not me. It was God doing it through me. I know I couldn't have done it on my own. There were students that I didn't know anything about how to discipline. Like, how do you discipline kids nowadays? It's just really difficult because when they get out of control, it's hard to know what to do with them. But God gave me the wisdom and the right moment to work with each of those kids where they were at. I had a kid that was bigger than me, that was stronger than me, that was out of control. But God helped me to be able to talk some sense into him to get him to calm down. And it's only through the ability that God, through God that I was able to do that because there was no way that that was going to happen any other way. So I'm glad for him allowing, or working through my heart and allowing him to transform me. And um, it's only through him that I've been able to do what God's called me to do. Um, you might say, I'm going to go ahead and share with you. Um, I've been fundraising this whole year. And um, you might say, well, what are you going to go back to the field and do when you go back? And I really felt like God was calling me into leadership. And I was standing there in the field office talking to the field director, Betsy Tejeda. And I was asking her, <clears throat> what, do I, what do I say that I'm going to go back and do? And sorry, my voice is dry. Um, what am I going to tell people that I'm going to go back and do when I come back? I'm not going to probably be director of the school or whatever, because Laura will take that over. I said, what am I supposed to do? And she said, well, what do you really get excited about getting up in the morning to do? And I said, well, actually, <laughs> I don't like getting up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I really am not a morning person. But anyways, needless to say, I said, I really feel called into children's ministry, and I feel like God's calling me into leadership. But I said, I do not feel like God's calling me back to be directing the school. And um, so she said, well, well, um, I have a perfect job for you. And I said, really, what is that? She said, children's ministry coordinator for the community center. And I said, really? She said, yeah, you would take the kids. When we have adult ministries going on, you would take the kids and work with some local volunteers from local churches there and do a ministry with the children in the evening time after school's over and everything. You would have the kids and do ministry with them. And you would coordinate it all with the volunteers and everything. And so that's what God's called me back to do. It's a brand new job. I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. Oh, thank you. I guess I can say. <clears throat> okay, so I wasn't quite sure what it was going to look like, but I knew that God was calling me into leadership. But it may start out really small where I'm only doing one or two nights a week or a month or whatever, but then it'll gradually get into where I'm probably doing four nights a week of ministry with children. So as well as I'm going to be um, assistant um, field treasure when I go back 
So I'll be working with Priscilla Kunkel. She's actually going to be acting field director or assistant field director, whatever you want to call it, um, while I am there. And then this next year, because the field director's out fundraising now, and so while she's filling in that position, I will be basically doing treasury work and helping her in any way I can with the treasure work. So, um, so that's gonna happen. So I know that job for sure. And then I also have um, the children's hospital ministry that I'll be working with as well. And I'll share with that a little bit more in my slideshow. So anyway, so that's what God's calling me back to. And I am planning on going back by August 1st, I will get back to McAllen, Texas. Maybe by July 31st, I don't know, it depends on travel. But definitely by August 1st is my plan to get back to the field. And I will be leaving the Northwest starting um, July 24th. So if you wanna pray for me, that would be specific prayer requests, would be travel as I travel back to the field starting July 24th. I'm going to be able to stop and see my sister and maybe speak in her church on a Sunday morning down in Santa Clarita, California. I'm also stopping in Stockton to see some of my supporters and maybe the ministry there in Stockton again on my way through. Um, but that's the plan, and I'll get back to McAllen July 31st, August 1st. So thank you so much for your prayers and support, and I will share with you a little bit later about how you can get involved in that. But if we have, do we have the slideshow? Yeah, okay. I'm going to stand over here so I'm not in anybody's way, hopefully. Am I okay right here? Okay. All right. So I'm going to share with you a little bit for each slide. This slide, this picture was taken on our 70th anniversary. That was February of 2018, um, when we celebrated our 70th year at Taylor Christian School. So the school has been there very a lot of years, and we work with almost 100% Mexican, Hispanic, or Latino, I should say Latino, because some of them are from other countries, but most of them are from Mexico. So this is our staff. It's a staff photo with um, the president of World Gospel Missions there and the vice president of World Gospel Mission one of the vice presidents and then also our regional director is in the back row as well. And then if we have a couple or one of the missionaries up there has gone to Peru, but the rest of us are pretty much on our field. And the one gentleman in the white shirt back there, the second one in, the taller one, he's um, planning on starting out missions next year. He started to fundraise and realized that God wanted him wanted him to wait a year. So he's going to start next year, hopefully, and fundraising to come to our field, as far as I know. So I just ask that you would pray for our missionaries. Um, there's also two other couples, or families, I should say, that are raising their funds to come to our field as well. So God is definitely growing our field, and um, it's been wonderful to work with our missionaries there. Go ahead and go to the next slide if you can, yeah. Um, the yellow building is our school. Um, it's kind of in the shape of a W. You have lower elementary on one side, upper elementary, junior high on the other side, and then you have um, down the middle a bathroom and workroom. And then the building behind there is our community center, 
And that's a big gymnasium in there. We have a chapel in there. We have a cafeteria. We have some classrooms, music and art classroom, and another classroom, computer lab we're using. And that's where we had our high school room was up there. But right now we currently don't have the high school. We closed it down to focus on the elementary and junior high level and then hopefully get accredited so we can start the high school back up again. So that's our plan, um, if that's God's plan anyways. We'll see. All right, you can go to the next slide. This is our school. This was our school when I was directing the school. We had between 26 and 30 students that year. This last year we had 34 students. And this year, hopefully, we'll have even more students. They've had some new enrollments and stuff. So just keep praying for our school that God would continue to lead more and more kids from the community to come to our school. You can go to the next slide. Um, this is Adrian Ayala in the blue bandana. He um, is an alumnus of our school that came to our 70th anniversary celebration and then felt uh, excitement for the school and what we were doing and so he wanted to volunteer so he came out back and volunteered on our field day and helped the kids with their water balloons and everything on that day and he's since then done some basketball camps and different things for the kids um, go ahead and go to the next slide um, one of my favorite jobs as director of the school was to hand out the ice cream to the honor roll students. So we can almost eat ice cream year round there. As I was sharing in Sunday school, we have the winter has days where it's 80, 90 degrees and then other days where it's 40 degrees. So it goes back and forth a lot, but almost year round we can eat ice cream. So, And the next slide is a couple more of my, the students that got ice cream. Okay, you can go, yeah. This um, children's hospital ministry is a ministry that God's called me to as well, be, besides the community center and the school outreach. Um, I also go to Edinburgh Children's Hospital and I work with the children there, giving them coloring and painting and drawing and games and puzzles or whatever, books to read. Um, they. I don't, I mean, they get donations to the hospital. Sometimes I bring in my own stuff too, but I want to go into the rooms and spend time with the kids. Sometimes I get to spend up to a half hour with a child in the hospital, um, especially the kids that want attention and their parents aren't giving them any attention. I can stay there and, and play with them or whatever and be able to interact with the kids. You can go to the next slide. Um, another ministry I have is with the the nurses. Um, I can't necessarily go out and share the gospel with them, but sometimes the nurses ask questions and then I'm able to answer their questions as far as what I do or whatever I can share with them. I'm a missionary and what that means. So, okay, you can go to the next slide. This is our Wednesday night program I was telling you about, our CHAMP school. It all started with a Bible club, a small Bible club, and then it grew into this big thing for children. We have between 30 and 40 children coming on a Wednesday night. Um, you can go to the next slide. There I am helping kids with crafts on Wednesday night. Um, you can go to the next slide. And, and there I am. Um, 
One of the things you might be asking, well, how can we get involved in the ministry there? Some of you already are supporting me in prayer or financially supporting me. Um, one of the things you can do is just pray for me for sure because I need to have as much prayer as I can because the enemy is fighting and it gets hard to say yes to God every single time. So, so just that I would continue to be open to um, the Spirit's leading in my life. When God says go, that I will go and do what God, He's called me to do with the right attitude. And just praying for me in that way would be very much appreciated. I do have asthma, and sometimes that gets in the way a little bit of ministry, and God has definitely given the doctor's wisdom and helping me with that, but just continue to pray that I will stay healthy. And then um, another way is I'm almost completely funded, but just not quite completely funded. I'm about between 100 and 150 more in monthly support that I'm lacking. So if you would feel like if God's leading you to get involved financially, you can either go to the webpage up there, wgm.org slash McBride, and give online. You can do a recurring gift online that way, or a one-time gift. And then um, there's also the opportunity to sign my prayer card, and you can give either with your credit card or whatever that way or you can just mail in monthly payments. However you want to set it up, you can ask for EFT and they'll do it that way too. So there's lots of options um, to give. So if that's what God's calling you to do, I ask that you be obedient to his calling in your life. But thank you so much. I'm so close to getting funded. I'm like 97% or so. I'm guessing because I'm not quite sure, but I'm real close. So. Thanking the Lord for all that he's done in my life this year and allowed me to come share with you guys. So I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor.